welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. I am your host, Ben Porter, and I am joined by my co-host for this episode, Charlotte Porter. How are you doing, Charlotte? I'm all right. Hello. And we are joined by our guest, Mark Cook, the convention overlord for Aircon. How are you doing, Mark? I'm good, thanks, yeah. I'm just thinking about changing my job title now. <laughs> yeah. You have to. That, that's at the, the convention overlord title um, from, from Dave Wright. Uh, yeah, top Scotland. Top guys, yeah. I, I think to be fair, he gave himself that title. <laughs> uh, so, well, what what's your official title? Um, so, when on the company's house thing, I think I'm down as show director and founder. I like show director. It's a good yeah. title. It sounds slightly sinister. I think <laughs> it's, it's some sort of evil ringmaster. Yeah, dance for me. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, there's four of us, and so we had to try and think of a different director thing for each one. Oh, okay. Uh, so we've got like Ben is our financial director, and then we have a. No, we just made them up because yeah. our accountant told us we had to have something. Um, I quite liked junior executive because then it felt like I could ride around in a sports car or something. But <laughs> it yeah, good. It sounded a lot like Flash Harry. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, we'll talk about Aircon a mm. bit more later on but uh, one of the things we like to do in the show is to find out a little bit more about the individuals themselves a little look at their gaming history so how did you get into tabletop gaming Mark? Um, so I suppose and it's something I've been reflecting on a bit with um, with my wife uh, where she's not as into it as, as I am. And I was kind of thinking back, and I think there's probably two types of families, you know, families that game and families that don't. And not necessarily like, you know, big games that I might play now, but certainly growing up, we'd always play play cards or play, you know, Monopoly or whatever as a family. Yeah. And then even over the years, as I moved out, uh, went to uni and stuff whenever i'd go back for christmas or whatever we'd always still get get the cards out get the games out even with like my nan and stuff we used to play scabby queen with her and things like that um and then probably while i was at, uh, at secondary school i got into some of the games workshop stuff um nice. so 40k and necromunda and stuff like that and used to paint all my armies and things um but then i kind of I stopped doing that and got into RPGs for a little while. And then in the meantime, thought, oh, at some point I thought I might go back into, certainly into Necromunda. I quite, used to quite enjoy that. Um, but then found out that my dad had chucked all of my minis away. <laughs> so what? That, by accident, by accident. He didn't do it on purpose. Oh, they're they're probably accident. worth quite a lot now as well, some of those yeah. original Necromunda figures. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because yeah. they were all lead, all the lead ones back then. Oh. So it was about 20 years ago. So. Um but he'd not done it on purpose, but I think that I'd kept them in an old toolbox that he'd done with, and then he just saw it and was like, oh, this is that old toolbox old toolbox that I don't need anymore, and chucked it out. Um, not realising it was full of probably hundreds of pounds worth of minis. Intentional or not, it still hurts. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of, I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to go back into that. And so I just, so I probably wasn't really into it. Still, you know, like at Christmas and stuff, playing when I was, when I was back home. And then... It's probably maybe six or seven years ago now, um, and I was on a on a like a weekend away, and some guys there had brought some some games, um, some of the more sort of modern games. So it's still, you know, it's like things maybe like apples for apples and um, 
Carcassonne and Catan and games like that. And I just started playing them and I was like, wow, these are really fun. Like, you know, it's kind of, it's a much quicker experience than something like Monopoly or Cluedo or whatever, but it's way more fun and having more control in these games than you would in those. And then just really, yeah, fell kind of head deep into it from there. And I think within a year, my, my collection went from a couple of games, you know, 60, 60 plus games. Um, I'd went to UK Games Expo about six months later um, after that and have been every year since. And so that's, yeah, that's really how how it all came about. Excuse me a minute, Mark. Uh, we're, we're having a problem with a very noisy tortoise. Just give me a minute. <laughs> well, do you want me to take him out? Yeah, if, if you take yeah. him out. I don't think he's been fed either. That's cool. maybe why he's a bit fancy. <laughs> so you came back to tabletop gaming reasonably recently then? Yeah, certainly. Like I said, in the last sort of six, seven years, yeah, the way I kind of just got back into it. And I, I think that's also probably, you know, part of the part of where we'd maybe see some of the curve of, and like some of the explosion of of the hobby over the last few years as well so it's probably around then and things like tabletop was just uh, the will wheaton show was just starting so i used to watch that a lot and um watch it played it was just starting out so i used to watch that quite a bit and and so it wasn't just i'd suddenly started playing games again it was like just fully Im- immersed in this hobby of you know just watching loads of stuff and researching loads of stuff on board game geek all the time looking at different things and there was always an interest there but with the 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 boom in tabletop that's really where it resurged for you yeah i think so yeah although although you've always had an interest in in tabletop gaming and you know we've just mentioned the, the the recent boom uh in in tabletop gaming the recent uh surge in interest Mm. At, at the same time, not everyone that that comes to tabletop gaming feels the need to start a convention. So <laughs> how how did that come about? Um, yeah, so it's kind of a, a, a funny in a way. So it actually started off as a joke, actually wanting to do a convention. Um, so before that, I had been I used to run game nights at my house and um i used to run like a a monthly board game night at our work but it was kind of open to everyone um and i have like an events organizing background anyway i used to kind of manage a bar and we used to do a bunch of events there and then uh, my uh, where i work now my first job was in running holidays for 100 plus people um and i would have to do everything for them you know all the entertainment and everything so i had kind of that background in a way i guess and then i just kind of thought well that you know there's two things that match up here um but i the, the very first one was i think my wife was going away on a hindu for a weekend um and i was just like oh as a kind of bit of a joke i'll i'll have some people around to my house and call it a convention and you know that's that's how it started and then i was at work and i was like i was researching how other conventions got their names and so Gen Con is named after Lake Geneva. So I was like, well, what bodies of water are near my house? And there's the River Air that runs yeah. right, through, right through Leeds, and we're in the Air Valley and Airborough and all of that. So I was like, oh, Aircon, that's really funny. Um, and then I've still got somewhere a copy of the first logo I came up with, and it says, like, Aircon, it's cool. Um, so I've never used that. Um, <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, but awful it was but like, good. Yeah, 
but it was all just like a joke and i love puns and stuff so that's that's really why it started and see, then see when when josh and myself first heard that the convention was called aircon uh, yeah. we we equated that with the the town of air which is quite uh, close to glasgow yeah, yeah. And I, I think you saw the meme that we made about it um, being in a farmer's field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fortunately, that was quite well received. So yeah, that's no, all good. Um, yeah. So that's well, that's why I did that first one in my house, um, and then, and then I think shortly after that we went to a, a games expo. I think it was maybe the third one that I'd been to, and then my friend Ben. Um, was there as well and we just had such a brilliant time and it's the although we love all the trade stuff and we love seeing all the new stuff coming out it was the actual kind of ex- gaming experiences we just had a really amazing sort of 2 a.m uh, game of battlestar galactica and uh we had a really good game of freedom the underground railway road and and, and and things like that and it was just like well we want to do more of this and so then we kind of got back and we looked around and there wasn't really much at the time so this is now maybe four years ago Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- there is a few and but they were, they were all kind of dot- spread out through the year so we're like well maybe we should just do something locally and we'll we'll have a go and and just see if anyone wants to come and that's how we decided that aircon would become a, a proper thing um with no real grand intentions of oh this this could be something mega one day um we just thought well we'll stick a bunch of tables in a room and do some other fun stuff as well and see if people want to come and enjoy themselves yeah so that so that was f- four years ago is that right uh when we started thinking about it so the first uh maybe three and a half year so the first the first ever one that first one in my house um yeah. was just under three years ago so it was july 2015 um but before okay. we'd run that was when we thought well you know shall we start actually planning a proper one so the first proper event the first public one was april 2016 so yeah. the the first proper one uh, in 2016 how how many attendees did you have at that one so we had about 100 but we had capped it so we we didn't want to grow too quickly we wanted to kind of learn along the way so we capped it at 100 so we sold out at that one um and then we did another one 6 months after that um later on 2016 and we got about 250 we used the same building this was we were in Bradford then, and so we used the same building, but we just took took up more of the space in that building. Yeah. Uh, so that was about two hundred and fifty, um, and we and we saw, so that was another sellout one because we capped that as well. Um, but in between those two, we were kind of like, oh, actually, this is this is getting quite a lot of interest, um, and so that's where we we looked around and between the two of us, just did loads of research around where else we could go because we were quickly outgrowing this venue. We visited many hotels and conference centers and things like that. Um, and then we got chatted, got chatting to um, Nabil and Rick, who run Traveling Man, which is a they have a small um, chain of shops around the around the north here uh, of board gaming and comic shops. And so we got chatting to them, and they also run a huge comic uh, book festival in Leeds. And they kind of said, "Well, have you have you thought about going to Harrogate Convention Center? We've always thought of running an event there." Um, and that's really kind of when we got the partnership with them, yeah. And some of their experience and stuff of organising these kind of large events has been really valuable. So we then we went to check out Harrogate, and we were really blown away 
by the venue and by the by the team as well i think because i think that's part of it you hear from other people that run these large events and and the staff at those venues are maybe not that helpful um, yeah. but these these guys were just really on board with it they were just so interested they were all like well what do you actually do like <laughs> and it's those typical questions of like so like monopoly and you're like oh well kind of um so they came <laughs> they came to that second bradford event that we did and just saw what we did and they were like oh really so re- people really do just come and sit at a table and play games non-stop for as long as they can and you're like yeah <laughs> that's what we told you that happens and so they were really excited about having an event an event like that because um, they didn't have anything similar they never even had a comic con or anything like that so um but they're just so helpful and um that was part of part of the reason why we chose there was just they're, they're so open to kind of some of the stuff that we want to do and quite accommodating then yeah yeah just yeah really really accommodating and very helpful so to put things into perspective for our listeners that that first aircon uh first aircon proper yeah. In 2016, you had a hundred attendees. Yes, a hundred. And the the Aircon 2018 mm. that, uh, that has just been, I th- I, I think uh, from what I remember from reading the stats, you had 1,500 unique visitors. Is that right? Yeah, we were just short of 1,600. We were like trying to go out onto the road and get random strangers to come in. We needed six more people, and we would have hit 1,600. Yeah. <laughs> But that that is a massive uh, leap in attendance over what's that a two a two year period? Yeah. What, what, what do you attribute that to? <laughs> I'm not really sure. <clears throat> um, and I've tried to. So we've had other people that have, in the meantime, um, are thinking about starting conventions or starting their own events. Have been in touch with us and, and kind of said, you know, how how has this happened? What have you done to make this happen? And, um, I think it's, you know, part of it is maybe just, it's that kind of right time, right place kind of thing. There's no, nothing else really in this area. There's nothing in Manchester or Newcastle or anywhere else nearby. Um, and I think we were maybe just, just almost at the, at the head of that kind of wave of people starting events and, and yeah, we're just fortunate. And I think, Maybe there's no other kind of large event in the UK where it's like the focus is on the gaming rather than maybe the trade stuff. Um, and I think it was, you know, just trying to do it through making sure it was an event that we wanted to go to ourselves. And so uh, Ben Ben often says that he's gutted that he runs Aircon because he wants to go to it. <laughs> he wants to attend. Um, but so that's, and that's kind of the, lens that we do everything through when we're trying to plan and stuff is like well is this something that we would want to do is this something that we would think was fun uh, want to go to ourselves and so maybe it's it's just that and yeah <laughs> so it's, it's not that helpful if someone else is like thinking of starting their own unfortunately um that we don't really know why it's why it's happened but i think you know there's like I said the, the the hobby's growing there's you know certainly people wanting to uh, go to more events and things like this and always looking for the next the next thing and i think at the minute you can probably go to something at least every month if not every couple of weeks um from kind of probably february through to august time or october time even and i think that's great and you know there's there's other ones popping up now 
so they did the one in Bristol, uh, City of Games, their first one, they had 200 and something people there, I think. And then I think the guys from Tabletop Scotland said they're expecting about five or 600 people, which which is great. Um, there's one running down in Kent where they're expecting over 100 people for their kind of first proper event. So, you know, there's obviously people wanting to go to these things. and I, I think certainly geography is on your side, isn't it? Because... Yeah, uh, really, Aircon is the, the the premier tabletop event for the north of England at the moment. Yeah, I guess so, and I, th- I think um, because of it's it's actually kind of so we are in obviously north of England, but actually when you look at the UK as a whole, we're pretty much smack bang in the middle. Um, yep. So you know we've had the guys coming down from Scotland and yourselves as well. Um, I think Duncan, who's one of the tabletop Scotland guys, he's been coming. He's come to two or three aircons, so he That's came right. quite. D- Duncan Cowan, yeah, who owns more ga- more board games than is healthy for any individual <laughs> to own. Yeah, um, and so certainly, and you know, you've kind of got the M sixty two corridor where you do have those big cities like Liverpool, Manchester, even Hull, Leeds, all along that way, and then you kind of got the M one going up and down. So it is, I think it is kind of, it's fairly easy for a good chunk of the population to come to. Um, so Do you know, it's it's funny, it's actually quicker to get to Birmingham from Glasgow than it is to get... <laughs> is it? To have, yeah. It's yeah. Because we, we've got this awkward thing where we need to come all the way down yeah, and then go back up to get to Margate uh, just because of the way that the train lines go. That's weird. Yeah, I was over in Glasgow about two weeks ago. And yeah, it was. I think on the way up, we had to go via Edinburgh and change, and then on the way back down, we came like via Manchester and had to change. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. Um, and I, I even um, saying that to a few of the uh, the people that had come up from uh, the south of England, um, was saying, yes, yeah, it's, it's actually quicker for us to get to the Midlands, <laughs> bizarrely. But yeah. it's it's because you you basically you're having to go around the Yorkshire Dales to yeah. get there, so that so that's why. The 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 last Aircon Aircon twenty eighteen, mm. you you actually had um, some quite prestigious guests. Yeah, um, so we had um, some of the guys. Um, so we'd always done this thing with inviting you know people that were. Um, doing YouTube shows or doing podcasts or blogs and things. We'd always invited people along. Um, you know, it's like they're already probably the people that are very enthusiastic about the hobby anyway. So yeah. any chance to go to some kind of convention, um, they're, they're usually up for it. Um, uh, but then we, we had spoken to, so randomly I had reached out to Rodney Smith at Watch It Played and it was it was more i didn't actually think he would say yes and come to this one <laughs> it was more trying to just start the conversation thinking maybe about 2019 or even 2020 um because uh, um when you kind of look at look around and you know it's that sort of fairly typical thing i suppose just because of numbers that i'd say probably the biggest names within board gaming and especially youtube channels and stuff are mostly in america um or, or well Canada for Rodney um, but we wanted to try and promote British or UK kind of talent at, at the same time so we yeah we just had a look see what see what we could do see who was coming um, and who who was around but 
yeah, when I, I, I sort of reached out to Rodney and I said, oh, do you, do you maybe fancy coming over? And he's, he, he suggested we Skype. And, and then that in, in the first place, I was like, wow, okay. Um, so you're actually taking this <laughs> kind of seriously. Um, and then he's just such a nice guy when, when I was chatting to him over Skype. You know, his, his kind of reputation precedes him, really. Uh, everyone always says he is and then you kind of meet him and he's like oh yeah he is actually nice i don't know why you're so surprised about it um expecting to just be like a real real douchebag or something but um but yeah no he was he was really nice and he was really up for it and we kind of looked at travel and looked at costs obviously um of of getting him over and it actually worked out okay because of where he is in canada he's very far east um and yeah and he was up for it and when he kind of found out what we were trying to do with the convention and um like why we did it he was he thought it would be the kind of right thing for him and we were obviously really chuffed to have have him over as because of his reputation and we hadn't actually at that point approached anyone else like he was that kind of one person um and so that was it was really amazing when he did say yes and we were like wow okay <laughs> um we better make this good then to make it worth his while <laughs> um yeah, and then so we just looked for other ways that we could do do things while he was here with with some of the other um, the guys that are here working working hard because I think it's really um, like still very much a, a passion hobby. Like you know, it's not one that you would you would get into to try and make a fortune quickly. <laughs> oh, definitely not. I mean. I've- I personally can attest that um, if anyone thinks that uh, getting into tabletop gaming journalism is uh, is a lucrative pursuit, uh, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, is, I think the vast majority of us do it on a voluntary basis, and if we're able to cover our costs, then great. But that's that's a bonus, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of I think it's still very much the same with with everything, even like organising aircon we don't really we don't get paid anything at this stage um we are doing it all in our spare time around our full-time jobs um and things like that but we do it because we love it and i think it's the same with you know the media side of things as well um people do it because they love it and they want to share their love of the hobby absolutely Um, and so we just yeah, we, we wanted to do what we could so that's why we put on a bunch of events at aircon try and help people kind of maybe get some new viewers or listeners or readers um how how do you feel that aircon 2018 went um personally i think it went pretty well like it's it's kind of funny like you know we get the we send out the feedback form and we get maybe about 10 percent of people responding to that um and you know generally everyone seems to have loved it there's there's always things that you can improve and there's things um that i think we'll be working on we're going to try and do like a facebook live feedback on the feedback thing at some point and just do things unfortunately some of the stuff just comes down to money right so you know yeah. trying to build and build an app for the bring and buy or something that's obviously something we'd love to do um but it costs money and like i said at the minute we're only really just covering costs at this stage um but yeah, generally, like it's what we wanted it to be. It, there was always enough space for people to find games and uh, find a space to play a game, which was, which was what we 
maybe slightly worried about is because we we want people to be able to do that so but there was always enough space which was good so we we're happy with that um everyone seemed to be having a good time um there was people saying that they were joining games with strangers which is what we really love to see and we know that there's people that came to some of those very first air cons and and met when it was really small and they're still now meeting up at future ones and i love that kind of thing like and that's the only time they actually are able to get together because um because they live in like wildly different parts of the country and so seeing those kind of friendships formed and things like that is what really like that's what we would say counted as a successful event um it's just that people had a great time that they were able to play a bunch of games that they were able to meet people that they'd not met before and and play games with them and yeah do do you have any uh, plans for things that you want to impl- implement into uh, future air cons that you're able to talk about? Um, yeah, I mean, there's certainly there's certainly lots of stuff we'd love to do, like you know, around digitizing certain things, like the board game library and the and the bring and buy, especially because they're kind of they're just so popular and so busy. Um, so anything that you have to do manually or like handwritten is is going to take more time. Um, so at some point we would love to do things like that. Whether we can do it for next year, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, at some point we'd love to do that. Um, I think um, we're going to go back and look at the venue again and just see about maybe using some of the other halls because they have a bunch of halls. They've got some like 12 different halls. And so we only used one of them this time. Um and so just looking at the space that we have and maybe just trying to predict growth for next year <laughs> um, yeah. and, and just see, because what we, what we want to try and do is always make sure there's a seat at the table for everybody that comes. That's, that's kind of our thing that we want to try and do and focus on that. Uh, we, we will probably always likely have exhibitors and traders and stuff. Um, but, you know, like maybe just looking at growing the, making sure the, there's always space for the open gaming first and then seeing what we've got um, left to do other stuff with. It's, it's safe to say that the focus of Aircon is always going to be on that, that social side of the of the gaming, on, on sitting down at a table and actually playing games. Yeah, definitely. People. And, you know, that's... And the feedback we get every time is, like, that's what people loved. And when we... So when we were first trying to think about um, doing a public event a couple of years ago, um, we just went around a bunch of different game clubs because there's quite a good community here um, near us. So we went to all the different game clubs and we just chatted to people and just said, you know, what do you want from a convention if we were to start one? And time and time again, it was just like, well, we just want someone to play games, which is kind of funny because you could do that anywhere, but for some reason there's some something extra about doing it at a convention. I don't know don't know why, There's whether it's the buzz in the room, whether it's the there's more choice of games or just different games or different people i have no idea but there's something about it that people really enjoy so um yeah so that's where we'll keep our focus and um kind of in our in our survey we just asked what did you like what could be improved that kind of thing and about half of the respondents from just an open text box put in that they love the amount of gaming space so we want to try and keep that keep that central uh, while still doing the other stuff and we'll we'll look at maybe other things like i would love to get some retro arcade games or you know the, the old tables where you yeah. still playing with someone um things like that um but yeah or things like the giant surrey that we had um or the big escape room game thing that we had going on 
um, things like that where it's you know it's just fun and it's a little bit silly and it's just people getting together and having a laugh and not taking it too seriously. I think that's absolutely. That's so one of the things that that Charlotte wanted to ask, okay. she she obviously had to cut out early because of a particularly noisy tortoise in the unlucky frog <laughs> studio. Um, she wanted to uh, ask um, you, your mum was helping out at the convention. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was, was that through necessity or <laughs> do you quite like it being a family affair? Yeah, I quite like it and, and she loves it. So she um, so she first came maybe two two events ago, I can't remember, um, when we had, uh, we, we actually, for our volunteer team, we printed t-shirts with their names on. Um, and then we had like a form that was like, how, how would you like to be known? Or what do you want your name printed on as? And she put in Mark's mum. And then that's kind of, that's kind of stuck ever since. That it's like, yeah. oh, it's Mark's mum. And, but yeah, she, she is really like, loves helping out at things like that so she's volunteered at quite a few different athletics things so she was up at um was it the commonwealth games that were in glasgow a couple of years ago yeah that's um, right and then she went over to rio to help out at the olympics she was down in london helping out at the olympics i think she's going to the next one in sydney next wow. which is a world athletics or something so she just really loves volunteering and helping out and she just she really loves people so she loves always, being always up. helps at conventions. Yeah, yeah. So she likes being on the things like the, um, the tuck shop or the or the library and stuff, where she just gets to meet a bunch of different people. Um, yeah, so so it's great. And then my wife has also helped out at a couple previously, but we just had a baby back in June, so she was kind of on baby duty this year. Um, but she's already sort of saying, well, maybe next year my mom and dad could look after um, Lottie whilst aircon's on and then i can help out again <laughs> and then i think my brother as well he was volunteering this year so it's just yeah <laughs> i have a very helpful family thankfully <laughs> absolutely and i i, th- I think that, that this is one of the things that's quite unique about um tabletop or analog gaming mm. is that where video games uh there can be a bit of a disconnect for people who don't have any interest in that with, yeah. with you know, you talked about things like the, the the giant suro, um, e- even the social element of it. The, the, there's something about the spectacle of of people getting mm. together to to play games. That social element to, that that is absent, yeah, or or at least um, takes a back seat in video yeah. games. Or it's hard, certainly harder to kind of say, you know, like you have to look at a screen to be able to do this thing. So it's harder to get that social interaction, but. Yeah. I think even you know even even if you're not playing games at a, a a gaming convent a tabletop convention, you're just walking around and seeing what other people are playing and you know like some of the games that you get you know even things like Meeple Circus where you just kind of stack things up as high as you can or um, you know games like that that just look amazing on a table. It's you know it's it's great to be able to go around and and just look at what's happening as well as as well as getting involved in playing as well. So. Very briefly before we finish up, we've alluded a couple of times to the this board gaming boom yeah. that um, we seem to be in the middle of. Um, uh, we've even suggested that perhaps a lot of Aircon's success is, mm. is due to the fact that it quite uh, fortunately coincided with this board gaming boom. Mm. Um, 
when when this really first emerged, I mean, we, we talked about um, uh, Will Wheaton's tabletop show. I mean, like J- Josh and myself, uh, that 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 was what piqued our interest in board yeah. games. You know, when that first started a few years back, and one of the things that um, that we talked about is um, does the bubble have to burst at some point, or do you think that it's brought about a cultural shift that's here to stay? Um, I would imagine we're probably, it's maybe a mix of both. I'm not sure that a bubble can partly pop. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think some things will change. Like, I don't think we can keep going at the rate of like the rate that games are being released and things like that, of whatever it was. Is it 3000 last year? Someone said 2000 them being at Essen or yeah. something. And, and you know, so I think that might slow down at some point, but I don't don't necessarily think the amount of people getting into the getting into the hobby will slow down anytime soon. And I think again, I was thinking about this uh, a little while ago when um, so Aircom was featured in Tabletop Gaming Magazine yep. um, just before the event, and I was trying to find a copy of Tabletop Gaming Magazine, and. I went out into kind of all these about five or six different WH I happened to be in London at the time, five or six different huge WH Smiths, you know, like massive ones. And I was looking through and there's like fifteen different magazines just about catching cod or something. Like not even just fishing magazines, specifically one type or carp, sorry, not cod. And then I was kind of thinking, man, and I'm struggling to find this one magazine about tabletop gaming so i was like in a way that's still fairly small right and people still think of monopoly or cluedo or those kinds of games as the big games and so there's still i would still say there's a way to go in terms of getting it out um and getting people to um getting other people into the hobby um but i think we're getting there you know people are starting to now you know, certainly people that I work with know more about Catan and things like that. Um, but I still think, so I think when you're in it, it feels like it's rapidly growing and you see like Facebook groups that are going over 10,000 members and things like that. Um, but from the outside still, I think there's still maybe a way to go. And, but I think, yeah, so I kind of maybe half answered the question. (laughs) So I think, some there is some bubble that will maybe or some slowing down of in terms of the the releases of games and things like that but i still think it'll it's got a way to go in terms of growth of the hobby and i think it'll happen you know i think people are sort of sort of maybe kicking back a bit about the digitization of everything um and people are looking for opportunities to socialize with other people and chat to other people i think board gaming does that in a really great way because um immediately you've got something in common between you that you're in the game that you're playing, right? So you've got instantly something to talk about, even if you've got wildly different political views or whatever, you still can talk about the game and you can still talk about the moves that you're doing or the, what you think of the game or the theme or whatever. Um, and I think that's very different to, to a lot of other hobbies. A lot of other hobbies are that, you know, you kind of sit there, it's almost quite a solo experience. Yeah. Um, so, so I think I think we'll still continue to see a growth of the hobby in in, in terms of people coming in. Um, but thankfully, because there has been so many games released over the years, there's like this wealth of of, of back catalogue that they can get into and, and try and play. Um, so it's it's almost uh, as though the the rise of analog gaming is a direct kickback to 
the rise and rise of social media and the digitization, yeah. like you're saying, of pretty much everything, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, just think about how weirdly important a phone is these days, especially if you use it as a payment thing as well. And, you know, just does so much, this little thing in your pocket that when, when I first got a phone, whenever I was 15, 16 or whatever, and it was, you know, I could play Snake on it and I could call my mum and I could text my friends and that was pretty much it. Um, <laughs> and then but beyond that, it stayed in my pocket and I wandered around and I still chatted to people. But now it's just, we do so much on them. Um, and I think people are wanting to kind of actually find an excuse to put it down and it's kind of hard. It's hard to find other things outside of that because as soon as you say, oh, you, know, you can play this on your phone or you can socialize on your phone or you can do this. Um, <clears throat> and so... So I think it's kind of a funny thing where it's like I don't think the hobby could grow as quickly as it could without social media because there's a bunch of stuff that That's happens true. on Twitter, yeah. on Facebook and things like that. But at the same time, I think people are wanting to find excuses to kind of put it down for a bit and go, look, I want to engage in something. And especially like the tactile nature of a lot of board games and things like that as well. Um, it's just something very different from pressing buttons on your phone to be able to pick up pieces and move them around and slot stuff together and have a hand of cards and stuff um so yeah right. definitely a bit, of a, pu- a bit of a pushback against some digitization i think and yeah. and just people wanting to chat to people again you know we're social social creatures <laughs> well, no yeah. definitely pack animals yeah just uh slightly less hairy monkeys at the end <laughs> of the day yeah exactly um yeah and well we look forward to seeing uh, how aircon develops over the, yeah. the coming years yeah, I expect <laughs> it's got a lot of growth yet to go like at the minute we're, we're, we're kind of happy with how it's going um, we've always said that we, we don't want to sacrifice the kind of the atmosphere and the friendly welcoming vibe that it has for growth so if we ever felt that we were losing some of that kind of family friendly feeling um, I think we would we would probably try and stop the growth a bit like BGG con does in America. So they, I think they limit it at about three or 4,000 people mm-hmm. uh, and they're never going to go above that. But what they do is do other events instead. So they do like BGG at sea and um, they do two board game geek events, I think now in a year. So it might be that we go down that route rather than just endless growth and trying to become the next Essen or whatever, um, or the next Gen Con and have hundreds of thousands of people. Well, that might be better for my bank balance. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> well, whatever the future holds for Aircon, wish you all the best for that. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for coming on the show, Mark. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been and great. And for our listeners at home, on the bus, wherever you are, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. We are Unlucky Frog Gaming, and I am Ben. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Just search for Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also show your support by giving us money through the Unlucky Frog Patreon. And be sure to check out our website, unluckyfrog.com, to find out more. (laughs) 